Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. The storyteller says, I am here. Does it matter? The words that I found in these books were a person calling out from a page. I am worthy of being heard, and you are worthy of hearing my story. It seems simple, but it's a bold declaration. R. Eric Thomas, here for it. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by Hunter McClendon of Shelf by Shelf fame on Instagram. Hunter and I have the loveliest Venn diagram of bookish tastes, so we're touching base this week to evaluate our top 10 books of the year thus far. Hi, Hunter. Hello. Oh, it's so fun to get to talk to you. We have not recorded a podcast episode in person since COVID. (laughs) I know. It has literally been, yeah, like, I I think maybe, maybe early March, if not late February. Yeah. And then I haven't seen you since about that time. I feel like at one point you and Tyler did curbside pickup and I waved at you from the sidewalk. That's right. (laughs) Memories. (laughs) So you and I have kind of been texting because you do a very good job of keeping up with, I think your top 10 of the year, but also you are so good about having your radar and your finger on the pulse of bookish awards season. So I think you and I have been texting about our top 10 of the year. We're well over the halfway point. So many books have been published. To be fair, so many books have yet to be published. I know. But it felt like a good time to evaluate our top 10. So we thought we'd kind of, we'd alternate titles and go kind of sort of in order and talk about why these are our favorites. And then at the end, I thought what we could do is just name if there are any you think like are on your radar for potential favorites, but they're being published Mm. later. Okay. I think I only have one or two of those. Okay. Do you want to start with your 10th book? Okay. So my 10th is, okay. I I did, this is the only one where I have like a a hard split because it's between two different uh, collections. Okay. Both by gay men. And one is the one that is kind of on the radar is I know, you know who I am by Peter Kispert. And it's about identity and and about how gay men sometimes kind of feel like they have to be kind of hide certain aspects of themselves a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a hard choice between that or Cleanness by Garth Greenwell, which oh, yeah. I loved his book, What Belongs to You, which was on the long list for the National Book Award in 2016. And I'm not going to lie. Cleanness is not for everyone. There is a lot of. um, (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be exactly how I tell PG-13 or R-rated parts now is that little noise. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's the only way I'm going to do it. But yeah, but it's, but it is beautifully written. And I will say, while I don't think it is for you, I do think that you would be able to appreciate a lot of the stories just because of how beautiful the language is. And so these are both short story collections. Is the first one you mentioned more essay memoir? No, the first, they're both, they're both collect, actually, okay, so I know you know who I am, it's full fiction, um, but it's more, but I think it's better for like a general audience, and it's one of those collections where I really enjoyed most, most all the stories. Okay. And Cleanness, it's not really, it feels very auto-fiction-y, 
but it's also hard to decipher if it's actually a collection of short stories or if it's because I mean, because they're it's kind of linked stories and they're all with by the same narrator as his first book. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It's complicated, but in a good way. Okay. My number 10 was a surprise for me. And again, this is one that I also know is not for everybody, but I'm putting it on here partly because included on this list are several books that I feel like I read during the pandemic and they resonated in a way I really don't know if they would have resonated were it not for the awkward reading rhythm that currently exists in Mm -hmm. my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so my 10th one is Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. This is 10th on the list because I do think I have a couple books I'm eyeing for the fall that I think could knock this one off. Mm-hmm. But I really thoroughly enjoyed my reading experience. And I think that is partly because this is going to sound negative. It's not. But I had such low expectations going in. I had no idea what this book was about. I had no concept of it. No, A few publishers or publisher reps had kind of pushed it but not too aggressively and so I didn't have it like built up in my mind it hadn't gotten a ton of hype at the time it's outside genre for me very much horror but also kitschy does that make sense like yeah we've talked before you and I've talked before about Rosemary's Baby and how (laughs) that DVD is in a dumpster somewhere (laughs) because yes because I didn't want such a scary evil thing in my home it's fine Southern Book Club's Guide really is more tongue-in-cheek and I love a little bit of snark in my fiction I thought the setting in the south was really smart and realistic and true to life and it was also set in the 90s so there was a nostalgia to it and it paid homage to a lot of true crime books that I really love and so it kind of masterfully put all these things I love together in one big pot and somehow it all came out okay so I know it's not for everybody I know it got some people loved it and some people hated it and I think that's totally fine and just how books work but I really did like it and it that's the reason it is 10 on my list. Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. I do love a polarizing read. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> you, you love to, as the children say, spill the tea. I do. Yeah. Oh, I got so much tea to spill. <laughs> I Speaking of tea, my number nine is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Hunter, that's mine too. Oh my gosh. We are kindred. <laughs> We did not, I, we specifically did not look at each other's. We've been texting back and forth about our ideas, but we did not send each other our final lists. So we've not looked at each other's until just now. And oh my gosh, such a fun age. Okay. You tell your reasons why, and then I'll tell mine. Okay. So I read this. I actually read this while at the beach. Like when I say the beach, I mean that like there was no one around. (laughs) I was like hiding away, but I read most of this while inebriated and um it was so delightful and i was like and also it is like it is such a like if anyone has if you're subscribed to the patreon and you've listened to conquer a classic then you'll know that andy and i are both all about the soapy drama yes and this one really has that really fun like i mean every single page there's something happening Yes. It's very soapy and yet there is like a depth to it. So weirdly, it is the perfect book to both read by the pool with an alcoholic beverage in your hand Mm -hmm. or a Coke if you're like me. (laughs) And then it is equally compelling to read and discuss on almost an academic level with your book club. Which is one of the reasons why I was so excited to see it on the Booker Prize long list. 
Mm, yeah. Because I was like, you know, I really think it's deserving because it, it, somebody said that it reminded them of Jane Austen in how it's fun yeah. and has these, but it's like a comedy of, a comedy of manners, errors. I don't know, but yes, yes, yes. That's exactly why. So I struggled with this, and the reason it's number nine and not higher is only because I read this last year. Like technically, that's right. I read it in 2020, and I read it in an airport. And you left the ARC there. <laughs> I did. I really did. And okay, I will tell you, I don't regret leaving that gift for someone. I do regret not still having my original copy that I read. So so you win. I, I don't know that I would do that again. <laughs> I still remember. I remember you giving it five stars and finding out you left it in the airport. And I was devastated. I went selfishly, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I love this book. I got to interview Kylie Reed. Gosh, maybe at the beginning of this year, it's all a blur. But I think I got to interview her at the beginning of this year for Patreon. And she, Kylie Reed was so intelligent and thoughtful. And I adored talking to her about this because whoever compared it to Jane Austen is absolutely right. Because it's the perfect amount of like soapy, compelling drama. And, and did it I liked Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan, but I think this did it better. Mm -hmm. If we're just comparing, I think both are equally worth your time and worth reading. But I think this one handled the soapy drama really well, but then also tackled these issues of race and class, which I love in a book. Like I love books that smartly deal with that. Ruman Alam's new book deals with that really well. So that's the reason it's number nine for me. That is, I like, I'm glad we both had that for number nine. This is okay. So my number eight is actually one that I know I don't think you've read, but I do think you'd really like. Okay. I've mentioned it before. It's Shiner by Amy Jo Burns. Oh, okay. Yes. I've seen this and you have you have told me that I would like this. Yeah. So it's really funny because I I really loved it when I read it, but I kept thinking, I was like, is it top 10? Is it top 10? And then I read a book just recently called Betty, which yeah, yeah which I liked, but they're actually it's funny because they both are like Appalachian coming of age and they both mm-hmm. deal with generational trauma and a lot of these things but shiner just did it so much more elegantly and mm. it's there's so much musicality to her prose and actually the the structure of shiner is very similar to how much of these hills is gold which also came out this year and both of those actually deal with generational trauma in a way that anyway i won't get too deep into it but I just thought that Shiner was, and it's it's about like moonshine and the like a snake. Uh, it's like a snake charming type creature, and it's a lot yeah. about it's a lot about faith too. And I, you and I both really enjoy books that explore faith. And yes, yeah. Okay, I just wrote it down because you and I have talked about that one, and it's been God, I don't know how many times. Everybody's probably sick of hearing me say it, but it has been such an odd reading year for me. I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place, and when I finally can settle into a book it's like coming home like it feels like oh finally and that sounds like one I could kind of settle into for a minute Mm -hmm. okay my number eight is again just a total it feels like a total departure it will be interesting to see if in December I feel the same way but right now my number eight is one to watch by Kate Stamen London this is a paperback original 
I do think you would like it because of the aforementioned tea. Like, I just think you would like the snark and the fun. This is about, it's written by a political writer, if I'm not mistaken, which I think you can kind of get in the prose. And I really like that style. But it is about basically a bachelorette contestant, fictional bachelorette contestant named B. And she's a plus size model and has kind of snarked on the bachelorette obviously it's named something else in the book but she has kind of been snarky about that and like wrote blog posts about it and next thing you know the producers have cast her as the next lead (laughs) and I thought this book was so fun and completely again totally caught me by surprise like I thought I might like it but I didn't know I would absolutely fall in love with B I think look I'm a faithful bachelor bachelorette watcher and so that may be part of the reason I like this book but this is by far the best season of the bachelorette i have ever enjoyed like it is this is so much better obviously than the the real reality competition that i devote you know too much time to throughout the year but i really liked this one and i think part of the reason i liked it was because everything does feel really heavy right now and rightfully so and my reading life often tends to the heavy i want to be open and have my eyes opened to difficult, hard things. And I don't ever want to bury my head in the sand. But I think as a result, sometimes my reading life is pretty intense. (laughs) And this was just such a very pleasant surprise. So number eight for me is One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. That sounds so good. Like, I'm going to have to get it because... I think you really would like it. Like, I think you'd have fun with it. I think you really would. Well, and also, I feel like every book I've read this year so far has just, like, I also, I am drawn, you know this, like, there's, there's this has been, like, a joke that's happened a couple times on this podcast where I love books about trauma. Yes. And so then I wonder why I'm sad all the time and crying, and well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. Are we on number seven? Seven. Okay, so number seven for me, and this is one that I have talked to you about before, that I was, I wasn't sure if it would I knew I loved it when I finished it, but I wasn't sure if it had the staying power, but I think it has, is Kept Animals by Kate Milliken. Yes. Okay. And I remember I like told you about the last, the final page and the fi- and here's the thing. I kept like, I kept going on about how great the ending was, but then I, I actually reread a lot of passages of it recently. And I realized, of course, obviously should have been obvious in the first place is that the reason why the ending is so perfect is because of how everything builds up to it. But it's a, and it's the funny because the cover is a girl and her horse. And I was like, I, I was like, I did not like Flicka. I was Alice and Loman and her like questionable Midwestern accent was not for me. But I was like, but then I read it and it is this beautiful, it's about, it's about California. And it's also about, it's about trauma that passes between mothers and daughters in the same way that Shiner is. And I, and I just, I don't know. And also it was so well-written and just packed in so much. And, and I don't know, like I, the ending just totally wrecked me in a way I did not expect to. And I still think about it at least once a week. Would I like it? I actually think you would. It took me a minute to get into it. Okay. But cause it's, cause it's a slow burn, but I do think it is worth the read. Okay. It sounds good. I wrote, I wrote it down too. <laughs> okay. My number seven is Here For It, the essay collection by R. Eric Thomas. This is another book that totally caught me by surprise. He is a columnist online. 
I think, oh gosh, I should have looked it up, but I think for L, I think he's right. He's very funny, but I had not heard of him prior to this, prior to picking this book up. He's a gay black man and writes so well about faith. We talked about that. Like, I think books that talk about generational trauma appeal to you. And I think for me, books that are about faith and doubt and the crossing of those two or the meeting of those two often appeal to me. And so R.I.C. Thomas has these great essays about church and about coming out and what it has been like to be a black man and a gay man in a Christian context to some extent, although the entire collection is not about that at all. There are some very funny essays just about pop culture and politics. And I, I will never forget I read this book in February. Um, I will never forget being on my couch, like cozied up with this book, laughing. And truly, then the next essay, I was sobbing. Like I was laughing hysterically one minute and then the next essay, I was completely wrecked. This book moved me so deeply and I really like this book and cannot wait to see what else he does. Like I'm I'm now here. I'm I'm now here for R.I.C. Thomas. Okay, so just a very quick to brag. So he followed me before his book was even released. Hunter, it's not, not even the famous. It's not even the brag, by the way. So like he <laughs> followed me before, and then I saw his. I saw like his book, and 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 I think I don't think I'd read it before you read it, but then I saw you read it and liked it, and I was like, well, I guess I'll pick it up, even though I don't know if it's for me. And then I <laughs> read it and listened to the audiobook back and forth, oh, and fun. it was such a delight. And then. He started, we like started chatting on there and listen, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he is okay with me saying that we are like BFFs now. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. Well, I'm so jealous. You, you I hope you need to one day give him credit that you picked up that book because of me. Give me a little credit. I will. I will. I it, listen. He, we're all going to be friends. Where I told him, I actually, and I did tell him that we were all once COVID was over, we were all going to have like because he because he said that he and I can go on a book tour together whenever I release my book and he releases. Okay, time. well, you know, I'm I'm coming on your tour bus. Like you well, and I have already discussed this. Of course, yes. But we're gonna do we're gonna do a whole thing at the bookshelf. Anyway, we're getting a little, okay. but it's it's a plan. <laughs> okay, what's your book six? Okay. Oh, this is so hard. Okay, book six. I will say is how much of these hills is gold by C Pam saying, did you read it? No, no, I didn't, but I really want to. And now I didn't know this was on your list. So now I want to even more. I, okay. So what I, here's, okay. So one, the structure, I, I read this before Shiner, but like I said, the structure of these of Shiner and how much of these hills is gold remind me of each other in a lot of ways that I really, I just enjoyed after reading both, but also it's written in a, the voice is so good and it, it has a very Western type quality, but in some ways it reminded me of Karen Russell. Oh, okay. And so I liked that obviously, cause I love Karen Russell, but I, I don't know. There was just, and I loved, there was so much insight into, cause it's about being like Asian American in this specific period of time. And it's a lot about, kind of erasing identity and stuff. And it, I don't know. It was just, it was just so beautiful. Okay. Well, it was on my, like, I think I previewed it for our winter or spring literary luncheon. I can't remember. And I wanted to read it and just didn't get to it. But I think, I think that and Shiner so far are the two I'm definitely going to try to pick up. Okay. My number six is The Death of Vivek Ojai by Akweke Amezi. I adore this book. It was like a gut punch to me where I read it in, I think one or two sittings and finished it. And like, 
needed to tell somebody about it. Like, and I think poor Jordan like got an earful because I just, I just needed to download basically all the information I had just processed. This is a book that deals with identity and family and tradition and coming of age. Um, The book immediately opens where Vivek Ojai is dead. And you know that immediately. It's not only in the title, but like from the opening page, you know something has gone wrong. And you're grieving alongside his friends and his mother, but you're also grieving alongside his parents because the parents don't really fully know their child. And so it's kind of about how do you grieve someone who you didn't really know fully? And how do they come into their own? How do you allow them to come into their own in front of you? I thought this book was beautiful. I just adored this book. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that (laughs) because that is my number. That's your number six, right? Yeah, it's my number six. And it's my number five. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Okay. uh, Tell us why you loved it. Tell me why. I bet you'll articulate it beautifully. Well, I, so there was, there were lots of reasons why I loved this book. But one, I love the writing. Akweke Emezi, I think that's, how did you say it? I think that's right. I did I did look this up uh, because I loved the book so much and I wanted to make sure to give them the appropriate pronunciation. I think it's Akweke Emezi. Okay. Well, I loved the structure of it. I thought the prose was stunning. Mm. I loved all the characters. And I don't know, you know, I just, there's something about, I loved their book, Freshwater. Which I still have not read, but now I think I need to. It's And it's very different too, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. But there is just, but I don't know. It's one of those, I think we've talked about this. This year has been a really hard year to just read and be in a book. Yes. And it was one of the few times. And also, and the way it explores like identities specifically about gender was so well articulated and just, and so different than how I'd seen it. And just, and also family, like, I don't know. It was, yeah, I... I love, I love this book. And I think, yeah, the the family part made me so, I don't know. I just felt so empathetic toward all the different, you meet so many different characters in this book and yet they all become very real to you. Like as the reader, I felt very attached to each one, even the ones that I didn't fully understand. And I, like my heart went out to Vivek Ojai's mother. Like I just felt like I didn't fully understand her and I kind of got frustrated with her, but at the same time, my heart broke for her. There were a lot of characters like that, but you're right. It's 2020 has not been the year where you can like get lost in a book necessarily, but I did get lost in this one. I just was completely mesmerized by it. Well, I'm not going to lie. I also cried when I was like, yeah. Oh yes. It Well, I keep calling my term for books like this. And there are a couple that I will occasionally use this phrase with. I try not to use it too much, but it is a gut punch to me. Like I really did feel like somebody hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh no. I, there have been a couple people who haven't, they've been underwhelmed by it. And when they are, I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know how, because you're mistaken. Yeah. yeah I just felt deeply when the book ended, I felt deeply affected, very, very affected by it. Okay, my number five is a book that I don't think you've read yet, but I really do think you would like it. It is A Burning by Megha Majumdar. I have read this. I read it. You did? Yeah. Oh, good. Did I? I don't know if I knew that. Surely I did. I'm sure I saw it on your Instagram. Okay, I loved this book. I really think it's so smart. Uh, It has three different perspectives. You don't really know which way the book is going. It reminded me a little bit of They're There in that way. You get these three really rich characters and there's this one kind of inciting incident. And then all three of these characters play a deep part in it. I 
am so happy because I read this book and it was, again, this was another book where I finished it and was deeply affected. I, I finished it one morning when I was working the bookshelf by myself. And I don't know that I would recommend that. Like I needed a minute to process and really didn't have the time, <laughs> but I'm very happy because I was able to then hand sell it to my dad and my dad read it and really liked it. And it was outside genre for him. So that was like a successful bookseller moment where I felt like, Oh, I, I did it. I sold this book that I really adored to my dad for whom this was outside genre. I think this book is worth the hype. It was somebody's and now I'm, I'm trying to figure out it was either Jenna Bush Hager's or Good Morning America. I think it was Reese Jenna Bush Hager. Okay. Yeah. God, I, I'm telling you, Jenna Bush Hager and I weirdly have, weirdly have similar I've no- tastes. I've noticed. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I don't know, Jenna, if you're listening, maybe we should be friends, <laughs> but I really did like a burning. Did you, did you like this one? Yes, I really, really did. And I'm trying to think about, I, I especially once I, first of all, I finished it in one sitting. Yes, it should. I think it almost should be read in one to two sittings, no more. Yeah. And I think that what I really liked about it was that it, because we talk about this sometimes about how books will say they're literary thrillers, but like, are they? And mm-hmm. I, this has kind of been marketed as a literary thriller. And while I don't think it's like scary thriller, I do think it has the suspense and the, and the, the movement of a thriller. Yes. Very breathless. Like it kind yes. of leaves you breathless in how um, intense it is because you desperately want to know what happens. I was not expecting it to be such an interesting look at the justice system. Each of the three characters I found to be really compelling and interesting. Again, it's another book that was, was a gut punch, but I, I really liked it. I'm What's also, your number four? Well, oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I'm also kind of like, I, I forgot I'd read that one because there's been so many books this year and I just realized <laughs> it. I didn't put it on my list and now I'm like, oh no, am I missing? Uh, it's fine. That's okay. Um, go with your gut. Okay. So my number four would have to be, I guess, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. <gasps> I love this book. I love it so much. You're going to, it's going to come up later for me, but why do you I, love it? I was gonna, I know, I like, I, I was just debating. I was like, does it? Okay. I, now I'm not sure if it's, anyway, number four. Okay. <laughs> Vanishing Half, Rip Bennett. I loved this book because one, I already had very high expectations and I was like, she's probably yes. going to disappoint me because I love the mothers. I know, right? Yeah. But this to me, like she, you know, she, this, I, I don't think you've read Alice Monroe but Alice Monroe has has something that the way that she she'll write a paragraph that just has so much in it, you just don't even know how she fits a lot into it. But I think that Britt Bennett has something similar in that in, in my review, I said that she shifts through character and time with the same grace that sunlight shifts on the ocean. Oh, Hunter, that's beautiful. <laughs> well, what can I say? Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I think I do. I think that she, the way that she shifts through time and character is so beautifully done. And she doesn't treat, and also she does not, she doesn't treat time in a linear way. And she doesn't treat character in a, it feels very like, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's just, it's so beautiful and, and organically done. Yeah. I was going to say wh- one of the things so this this is my number two. I adore this book. I am now officially, I already was, but like now I'm even more officially on board and ride or die for, for Britt Bennett. I just will read anything she writes now because I was so nervous about Vanishing Half being like a sophomore slump or something like that. And it wasn't at all. And yet was entirely different from the mothers. Like I, I 
I thought it was such a unique story. And it did remind me, so it sounds like it reminded you a little bit of Alice Monroe. It reminded me of their eyes were watching God in this deep sense of place, like the little town that they're, these twins are from in Louisiana. But then at the same time, we get a glimpse at a bigger city. We get a glimpse at California. And I never felt confused by the time or place I was in. And so you're right. She's able to bounce back and forth. I was never distracted by that and instead felt very centered no matter where I was in the book. I think she's so smart. I think she's brilliant. I really do. Okay. My number four is Nobody Will Tell You This But Me by Bess Kalb. Have you read this? Nobody will tell you that. No. Okay. I don't, I think I recommended this to you because I do think based on your relationship with granny that you will like this book, but it is, it would be a departure for you, I think. Okay. So this is a memoir. Breast Cobb is a comedian. Like, I guess she's a comedian or a comedic writer. She writes for the Jimmy Kimmel show, but that, but please, <laughs> but please don't let that deter you in any way. Um, or perhaps I would encourage some of you to read it. I don't know. I'm not a Jimmy Kimmel fan. I don't really know anything about him. I didn't know anything about this book before diving in. And only now do I know who Bess Kalb is. This book is a memoir that Bess wrote from the perspective of her dead grandmother. Mm. If you have a close relationship with a grandparent, which I did, I had very deep relationships with multiple of my grandparents. I finished this book. I sat by my pool one evening. It's a short little book. I, again, felt completely enveloped by Bess's grandmother. I felt like her voice was so vivid and realistic and true. Like I could hear her voice in my head for days after. I couldn't believe how funny and witty and snarky and then how utterly moving this book was. I just, it meant so much to me. Like I finished it and just felt wrecked by it, but only because of that personal Again, I think if you have a relationship with a grandparent, this will just hit you maybe in a totally different way. But I also thought the writing was outstanding, very clever, but also a really unusual take, I thought, on the memoir. Like the fact that she wrote it from her dead grandmother's perspective was really could have gone so wrong and instead went so very right. I really love this book. That sounds really good. It's so good. Uh, What's your number three? It gets so much harder. As, okay. Yeah, for five five and up are hard for me. Yeah, same. Okay, I guess that number three for me will be Real Life by Brandon Taylor. Okay. This one is still, I still have the arc at home because I started it, but I didn't, This it, I was reading it right when the pandemic kind of. <laughs> right. Okay, I will say like there's, this book is similar to another book that is on my list in some ways. And I'm sure this other book is on your list. But I, but real life, it's one, it's very beautifully written. It is a slow burn and it's very, it's not, it's not stream of consciousness in the way that it's hard to follow, but it is enough to where it feels like stream of, I I think he does a good balance between, because I think sometimes when you're reading stream of consciousness, it can be so hard to keep up. Mm -hmm. And he does a good job, I think, of balancing that out. And also like, there's just like, it's, it beautifully explores grief being black in the like in science mm-hmm. and many other things but also like I'm not gonna lie there is a moment where some somebody is very racist to him and it was so I was so distraught I have never been I, I mean it was and it was the way that he wrote that and I think that sometimes like 
when you when people are like writing these scenes, I think I don't know. There was just there was something that he did that was just so well done about it and about. And I think that if, if you've ever been talked down to in any way, that you will feel that anger and that feeling of like not knowing how, how to even form words because you're so shocked by what someone's saying to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was I don't and and then when I don't know, and it's one of those that I've also thought a lot about since finishing. Yeah, it sounds really good. I've I've written down Shiner, How Much of These Hills is Gold, and now I'm writing down Real Life. Thanks for being my book whisperer. <laughs> okay, my number three, I'm with you. The top five of these were really hard for me, but I just kept coming back to, I've read so many good books this year. Like, I would like to be clear about that. I feel like I've read some real winners. I've also not finished like a record number of books for myself this year. I feel like I just reached a point during the pandemic where it was like, if I wasn't hooked, I immediately gave up. But I ultimately came down to these top five. I really just thought, how did these books make me feel? Like, yes, the writing is stellar, or yes, the characters are beautifully done, but really just how did the book make me feel? And so that's why my number three is House Lessons by Eric Bauermeister. This is a memoir about a woman who renovated her home in the Pacific Northwest. On first glance, you might think, well, what makes that so special? Like, how is that unusual? Or how is that different or interesting? And I can't quite fully put my finger on it, except while I was talking about the book, I got the opportunity to talk with her for a bookstore event. And while I was talking with her, she referenced the fact that House Lessons is really a liberal arts book. And what she meant by that is that she not only told this story from a memoir and like from a personal perspective, this personal story of how she and her family renovated their home, but she also wove in philosophy and science and engineering and um, architecture and I finished this book and just had completely, I know how you feel about this, but like I had completely dog-eared and marked up my copy because I just thought it was so eloquent how she was able to weave all of these different things together. And I was also, again, deeply moved by it. I felt it made me appreciate my home more. It made me think about traditions and family and how I grew up, how Jordan grew up, the kind of life we want to lead. I really cannot recommend this book enough, and I haven't seen it a ton of places. So it's one I kind of want to keep seeing the praises of because I don't feel like I think it, I don't think it's gotten the praise it deserves. So this is House Lessons by Erica Bauermeister. Okay. I'm intrigued by that too. Yeah. Okay. So my number two is mm-hmm. Theorist by Meredith Tallison. Okay. And I do think you should read this. Okay. It's a memoir. And Meredith Tallison, she is, she's a Filipino trans woman who also has albinism. Mm-hmm. And Okay. I remember the cover of this book too. Yeah. And it's, and it's about the intersections of identity Mm. And the way that she articulates um, experiences of gender and gender dysphoria and all these things, it was, it, and, and also what it, what it means and also about white privilege. Cause she said that, cause she talks about how she, people always just assumed that she was white, especially because of being albino mm. and first, you know, and all that and how everyone else around her was darker. And so they, she kind of benefited from privilege and white privilege in a way that her family didn't. And so that was just very interesting to me and really, and it's, she's such a beautiful writer too. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. I, I knew how much you loved that book. I remember you talking about it. 
Okay, my number two is Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which we already talked about. So why don't we drum roll, please? I think we might both have the same number one. We do. Okay, what is it? Transcendent Kingdom. Yes! Transcendent Kingdom by Yad Jesse. I think it's Jesse, actually. Uh, Transcendent Kingdom by Yad Jesse. I love this book, and I'm so glad you did too. Did you finish it after me? I can't remember. Or before. No, I read it before because I was going to let you borrow my ARC. That's right, and I never got – that's right, and I finally got an ARC, and I'm so glad I did. I texted you the minute I finished, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, why did you love this book? It is – well, first, you read Homegoing too, yes. Yes. And I – which I that's one thing. I was like, I don't know how she's going to like – you know, how it's going to compare, and I was like anxious, but – once again, just like with Britt Bennett, Yah Jeffy literally I just blew my mind with because Transcendent Kingdom, it is so beautifully written, but it's never I'd never once thought of it as being overwritten in any way. No. And she explores so many different things about like faith and family and addiction and all these different things, mental health, without it ever feeling convoluted. Yeah. And I'm just, even now thinking about it, my brain is literally, I can't even process. I was about to say, it leaves you speechless. Like I, okay. The amount of ground that Yah Jesse covers in Homegoing and Transcendent Kingdom in such few number of pages Mm -hmm. is absolutely mind boggling to me. Like one of my ways I've been kind of trying to sell Transcendent Kingdom is homegoing to me is super big picture and this kind of sweeping epic and crosses multiple generations and tells multiple storylines. Um, never, by the way, in a confusing or overwhelming way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Transcendent Kingdom, where homegoing zooms out, Transcendent Kingdom zooms in. And you get this beautiful character of Gifty, who I just adored. And she's this scientist and she's brilliant. And you're reading all about why she's a scientist and how her the faith of her childhood has affected her as an adult. I loved every bit of this book that was about faith and doubt and science and belief. But I also equally loved the parts about Gifty and her brother, Gifty and her mother. Uh, you're right. So much is happening here about mental health, addiction. I just, I could not, I couldn't put it down. And yet there are some other books we've talked about there where I really had to read them in one sitting, like a burning comes to mind. One that I just finished so quickly. I was just, I was just propelled, I think to finish transcendent kingdom is a book. I think it ultimately took me about uh, a week or so to read just because I wanted to, like, I wanted it to take me that long. Mm -hmm. I just loved it. And I, I can't think right at this moment of a more deserving book for my number one spot. I agree. I wonder if it's going to win the National Book Award. I don't know. I wish it would. I wish it would. I I just, I think it's so, so deserving of any and all praise it receives. Okay. We're, we're a little bit over on time, but I would just like to know, are there any books coming out this fall that you think could knock any of your books off of the top 10? There's two that I'm considering. One is Daddy, the, the short book collection. Oh, the new Yes. And also, I cannot remember the title of it, but the Sigrid Nunez that just came out. Okay. For me, I've already read the new Roman Alam, which oh, I really God. did like, but I, I don't know if it needs to be in the top 10. I read a book earlier this year called Florence Adler Swims Forever, which I found to be beautiful and which almost made the top 10. The only other one that I think could potentially eke in is Memorial by Brian Washington. Have mm, you read that one? Not yet. 
Okay, he wrote Lot, the short story collection. I really like that one. And so Memorial is one I'm reading right now. And I like it. I just can't tell yet if it's going to bump any of these out of their out of their slots. Okay. Yeah, Hunter, this was a delight per usual. Thank you so much for chatting books with me. Thanks for having me. is a weekly podcast of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Memorial by Brian Washington. Uh, Hunter, what are you reading? I just started A Children's Bible by Lydia Millette. Oh, this book looks so weird and good. Yeah. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly New Release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, we are so close to being done with Anna Karenina, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We are so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week. 